This is the Wednesday, April 13th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. The NBA play-in continues with another doubleheader tonight. We'll get into that and touch on a little baseball in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined this morning with Tyler Fulgham. How are you, my friend? Doing well this morning. Uh, had a good night uh, in the NBA. Kind of everything that we thought would happen with those two games kind of did um, in terms of, uh, you know, the totals and uh, the uh, sides and uh, props. I think we had, uh, based on what I remember from our show yesterday, a pretty good day. Yeah, overall, solid day. I was wrong on a couple things, but that happens. We we got there with the Cavs back door, but that's the reason we said the defense yep. of Brooklyn is not good enough. <laughs> so moving forward, I, I'm on the Hawks tonight. I, I do like this team. I, look, you want to use the season stats most of the time, but November and December really don't carry a lot of weight in my world. We're mid-April here, and the team has changed so much. So just given how the Hawks have been playing, I know the Hornets kind of got them the last time they played, but I, I think Atlanta takes care of business, and we see a similar performance, you know, solid 7-10 to 10 point win here. So I'm going to lay the 5, 5.5 with Atlanta. Yeah, I'm uh, going to attack the total here, and uh, we were talking about this on Daily Wager yesterday, especially early in these playoff play-in and playoff series games. Unders are, are likely a strong play um, as possessions become a little more measured and defensive effort ratchets up. The Hornets and the Hawks have the highest total of all uh, the four playoff playing games. It opened at 239 and a half. It's already been bet down to 236. I still think you can attack the under there, um, despite the pace and offensive prowess of both of these teams. They matched up four times this season. Three of the four games went under this total. They had one game where they combined to score 257 points. And even accounting for that game, that was a complete outlier. The four games still averaged only 225.8 points per game. So if you take that one out, you're talking about an average in the two teens. Uh, and we got to get to 237 to cash the over here. Again, there is the one outlier, 257. These offenses can go off. But the other three games featured a total of 222, 204, and 220. I just think we're going to see a, a little more measured game, a little more um, defensive effort, and a, a, a lower scoring game than the market is predicting based on the reputation these two teams have as two teams that like to get out, run and gun, chuck and duck, and play a little defense. Um, I think there's enough evidence there in those four matchups that, um, again, even with a game of 257, the average in those four games was 226, and the total here is set at 236. I'm going to go under and make that my play for the uh, total in this one. Nice. Yeah, no, look, we've, we're you, or we, odds makers in the betting market uses regular season stats and applies them to this, I don't even want to call it postseason, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And I think that's something that, so narratives sometimes apply. I mean, I was talking to a professional better a week or so ago, and he said he doesn't really focus, doesn't really do the NBA for the last month or so of the regular season because it's all narrative driven. And sometimes the narratives do apply. So that's something to keep in mind. Spurs, Pelicans, similar spread here, five and a half. I like the underdog here. I think it's too many points, but it wouldn't shock me if the Pelicans cover here. But I'm expecting the Spurs to be there, obviously more experienced with the coach. And uh, I just think the Spurs have enough here for a Pelicans team that's been great with Ingram and McCollum. I mean, such a you talked about earlier throwing out the first couple of months. Well, obviously when Ingram didn't play, you know, this team was like two and twenty-five or something ridiculous. Right. Um, much different team, and then you know certain guys like Herb Jones have really come into their own. I like this Pelicans team. I just think five and a half is too many. Agree with you. I'm on the Spurs side. 
Again, you have to take into the context that these rosters are a little different than what we saw over the course of 82 games, but the Spurs were three and one straight up and three and one ATS versus New Orleans in four games this season. And they finished very strong on the road down the stretch. And they were playing meaningful games down the stretch, Doug. That's one narrative I think that we can apply to the Spurs because they were trying to qualify for this playoff plan. So it's not like they were resting guys or taking it easy down the stretch. They were trying to win games and they did in their last seven road games. They were five and two straight up and they had a positive 7.7 net rating, which was the fourth best in the NBA over that stretch. Greg Popovich, obviously a coaching advantage over Willie Green, and that's not to you know say anything negative about Willie Green. It's just Greg Popovich is Greg Popovich. All right? He's in the Mount Rushmore of all-time coaches. I think DeJounte Murray will be the best basketball player on the floor. He joined Michael Jordan as one of only two players in the history of the NBA this season to average 20 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, and two-plus steals in a single season. Uh, that's how much he can affect a basketball game now that it's the team is his with Aldridge and DeRozan gone. He dominates the basketball and he dominates both ends of the floor. He creates for his teams in transition. He creates an ISO. He can shoot. He can rebound. He can pass. He does everything. So uh, given that team with that coach, five and a half, um, I think the Spurs are, are, are the better bet here. Um, any, any props that interest you in either of these games? Um, as we sit here really. early in the morning. There's one Keldon Johnson one. It's five and a half is his rebounds. The over is juice to the minus 150. He's had six plus in like, I think I want to say 17 of the last 18 games, except for, so it's really 17 of 22, but I kind of throw out the four. He only played 16 minutes in one game, and so I kind of throw that out. And yeah. then the other three that I want to throw out are the Portland games. Like, I just don't, they weren't a real team out there. So for whatever <laughs> reason, he wasn't doing... I don't know. That, that I mean, we saw what happened on Sunday. They lost by a million, scored like 80 points. So, But I just think six is his bottom number in this. So five and a half, even over minus 150, I like it. Yeah, for this game, I, I, I will attack DeJounte Murray. He's a guy who had two triple doubles against the Pelicans in those four games, um, averaged uh, well north of uh, let me see here. Let me pull this up. Yeah, averaged 10 assists and 9.8 rebounds per game. So he essentially averaged a triple-double. He was 0.2 rebounds per game shy of averaging a triple-double against New Orleans in four games this season. Uh, he actually did record a triple-double in two of those four. That's plus 420, that market. Um, and again, with it being a playoff play-in game and an actual um, you know, kind of a do-or-die game here, I do think you will see Murray on the floor for as many minutes as he can handle. And if the minutes bump from his average of you know 33 during the regular season to a 38, 39, 40 minute uh, game. I think you could see a really robust box score from DeJounte Murray, triple doubles in play. If you just like the rebound and assist prop, 17 and a half is the total there to go over 17 and a half rebounds and assists. And again, he averaged 19.8 four games this season. And I will circle back to uh, that Hornets Hawks game with a very similar prop for LaMelo ball. Um, I don't have the triple double prop there, but his rebound and assist prop is 15 and a half. In three games this season, he averaged 8.7 assists, 7.7 rebounds. That's 16 and a half uh, per game. He cleared the threshold in two of the three games against Atlanta. We know Charlotte likes to play with pace. And again, I expect a few extra minutes for LaMelo Ball. Same kind of logic I was using for Kevin Love in his points and rebounds prop last night uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. And he did play 30 minutes, which I didn't think he could even get to that. But again, in these games, we can take those averages from the regular season and you can bump them up a little bit because logic would dictate as long as it's a you know, close game that the best players are going to play a few more minutes in what is a do or die. So that's kind of how I'm looking at those player prop markets in these games. And I'll continue to use that strategy, uh, especially early in the series before the market adjusts uh, as the playoffs begin. 
All right, good stuff. And any baseball for the people before we let them go? Yeah, a couple of games that I don't really have like great notes on, but um, the Brewers and the Orioles are matching up this afternoon at uh, Camden Yards or whatever it's called now. Um, it's going to be Corbin Burns against John Means, uh, and I'm going to play under eight there. Burns got roughed up a little bit in his first start, but he's still the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner. John Means is the by far the best starter uh, for the Orioles. He had a good first outing. Um, and don't forget, at Camden Yards, they reconfigured the outfield wall. They moved the left field fence back about 15 feet in uh, left field from the foul line all the way to the uh, left center field power alley, and they raised the wall as well. So this is going to play as a different park this season. I don't know if people know that, but go look on Twitter. Go look on uh, uh, the Internet about the difference in the way that they moved the wall back and raised it to create it uh, a little bit harder park for um, hitters to hit in. So I think Burns bounces back against an Orioles lineup that's awful against righties. I think Means is good enough to hold a mediocre Brewers lineup and check. I'm going to play that game under. All right, so that's good stuff there. Obviously, the focus is on the NBA. We're going to have a daily wager tonight, normal time slot, 6 Eastern on ESPN2. Good luck to everyone.